Hello, everyone. This is your host, Matt Pandola, with your Monday motivation. And I am Jake Parker. Matt Pandola, happy Monday. And what are we here to talk about, man? So, yeah, Jake, we've gotten a lot of questions lately. New Year's resolutions, it seems to be right now the hot topic. And we we knew it would be. Every year. Yeah, every year. We talked about why we don't necessarily love the idea of all these new resolutions. But fact is that we want to help people, we're serving people, and this is something that is getting asked a lot. So whether or not you're continuing goals or you are trying to stick with the New Year's resolutions, either way, we're going to help with that today. Yeah, and we're going to even break it down even smaller. We're going to go into a daily planning protocol. Right. So how can we keep ourselves accountable and check those boxes off that we like to talk about? So I actually did come up with a checkbox system or a rating system, I think is a better way to think of it. And this is actually what my athletes at Pandola are currently doing. We started this January 1st. Yeah. And you have 10 actual categories that you're going to rate each one of them one to 10. And really quickly, they are planning, nutrition, recovery, protocol, training, focus, visualization, habits, mental flexibility, and excitement. And each one of those receives a daily score of one to 10. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I like that because that's going to keep a lot of people accountable. I know I don't have a checklist like this for myself and I should. When we talk about our top 10, this is not necessarily in order. Okay. So that's the first thing I'd like to point out. Although I do think, for example, planning is first on the list. And I do think without a plan. That makes sense. That's your foundation. That's your blueprint. Everything else will go according to that plan that you've set. Right. So, and of course you talk about nutrition, that's probably going to have to be next and recovery protocol, training, you know, work plus rest equals success. So for example, that first half is all about helping those goals come along, especially your physical goals, but then your visualization, your habits, your mental flexibility, your excitement, and other words, your ability to control more of the mindset and keep the motivation going. That's more of that second half. So which, let's dig in. Yeah, which maybe that's more important to you and you want to flip those things, which is totally okay. Whichever you think is more important to you doesn't have to be ranked in most important to least important, Matt. So Before we get into these 10, I also think it's important to keep that 10,000 foot view in mind, Matt. You've got to have your your end goal in sight, but then you break it down into a tiered system, and that's what we're doing here. All righty, Jake. So we have a 10,000 foot goal. First of all, let's make sure that our goal is something that's more realistic that we can achieve. And the acronym SMART, so you have specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-based, that's a common one that people use. I think the thing that we most commonly miss in that SMART goal is the achievable maybe realistic side of it. Yeah, that's essential because any kind of over-the-top goal, yeah, it's fun and maybe it's motivating to have this amazing goal and I I bet I can do it if I just really believe and maybe... But don't don't set yourself up for just disappointment down the road. And does it fit your ambitions? I think is a good way to think of it. Because again, maybe you do need something that you're really gonna stretch for and and it's you know it's gonna be a super big challenge. You've gotta really push yourself. 
but you know that you have enough time for it. You know that you can do it because now you're retired, for example, or you finished school and you don't have as many other obligations. So these are things we have to consider. Maybe our kids have graduated high school now and they're out of the house and we actually have more time on our hands. Whatever the situation may be, the time-based part, I think, can also be a big consideration or should be. Yeah, and that's again where that R comes in. Realistic. Just don't make it a fairy tale. You're not a character in a fantasy novel. So let's get into this, Matt. We got number one is planning. Rating one to ten. How do we rate ourselves on planning? One to ten is very subjective. So I don't think that everyone's going to think about one to ten the same way, but in general, one means that, hey, this is not going well at all for me. I'm barely getting any sleep, for example. That's a one, right? And a 10 is going to be, hey, I'm rocking this thing. I'm on it. I'm consistently doing it. And this is a 10. But 10s are rare and they should be. So focusing on doing something consistently and to the best of your ability. In general, you should be pretty happy with an eight and a half, an eight, maybe a nine, but rarely do we get to an absolute 10. I think that applies to all of these categories, not just to planning, because yeah, how arrogant would that be if I said, I am so good at planning my days out. I have a 10 out of 10, 100%. Nothing is going to go wrong because I know everything that's going to happen today. That's not realistic. And it's also not setting me up for any potential growth or adjustment. So we want to look at the long-term, but also obviously the incremental improvements we can make. And certainly we can always plan better. We can always focus forward and do a little bit more specifically towards that day, that week, that month, that's going to help us hit that goal by the end of the year, let's say. So staying consistent and staying focused on these daily goals is so important. So part of planning is just the logging. This sounds so obvious, but we have to start with logging. And this is why we're giving you this system today. One to 10, each of these categories, just write it down and just check the box. Even if you grabbed a notebook and you're just writing down these 10 things and then just write down seven different lines for the week, check off each day. You don't even have to write these words down more than once or the month for that matter you can do, or you can create a spreadsheet like I did, and it just makes it a lot easier that way too. More likely to be accountable, but do you want to be pen to paper? That's going to be part of your planning even. And another element of planning, it's related, it's the next topic, it's nutrition. Matt, we've got to rate ourselves every day, 1 to 10. How is your nutrition? And you got to be honest, A, with where you're at, and B, with what your goals are. So maybe a 7, you know, a 7 out of 10 is more realistic for me because maybe it was a Friday night and I did everything right the day before, but then I went out and I had a beer. You know, that's going to knock me down a little bit. So you got to be realistic, right? Yeah, over the holidays, it's normal, or at least for me, flat out tell you, I'm not going to worry about what I'm eating at a Christmas party, or this is just going to be my time to just kind of be more relaxed, loosen yeah, the belt. If same you here, man. I was way off. And you don't need to be way off, though, and I'm not trying to you know, jump well, on I you. I was. You don't need to be. 
you you can especially when you have actually again planned it out that this is going to be a few weeks or a couple weeks or maybe a week just depending on what works for you just happened to be for me that i have a few weeks over the holidays between my training progressions and so this is going to be some decompression time but for example right now instead of trying to get back up to a nine or so which i think that's where i mainly live is at about a nine I'm probably at a seven right now. So I'm going to try to get to a seven and a half, maybe an eight. This is going to be incremental. So I'm not disappointing myself when I'm having just switched right back up to a nine again. That's very hard to do. These things have to happen in small increments. Otherwise, you may get that nine like once and then you're just going to fall back down. So quick example of this, but I don't drink soda much or hardly ever anymore once in a great great while but i used to drink my mountain dew man that oh, was my that's go-to. right you're yeah. doing the dew doing the dew and if you just say hey i'm just never i'm that's it i'm done with soda period done as opposed to saying hey i'm having maybe three bottles of soda a day right so maybe 20 ounce by three so 60 ounces which is that's a lot that's of soda. A lot. yeah a lot of sugar but I'm going to cut it down to two and then to one. And then maybe I'm going to start to replace that soda with something else. Seltzer water with some lemon lime in it. So start to replace these things even along the way with other options, healthier options, but maybe not try to completely eliminate that soda. And people might be surprised by that, but I honestly do think that that is the better way to get incrementally used to eating or drinking in this case, healthier options. Yeah. Have you seen those soda streams? Those things that you can have in your house that like make carbonated, I don't even get it. It's carbonated water. You can put flavors in it or something. I, I think it's dumb, but my girlfriend's like all about it. She wants one. No, I don't think it's dumb. Actually, Aaron and I just discussing, we should really get one ourselves. <laughs> I, I think really it's do. ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, well, we, uh, Jake, are concerned about the environment. And so we're kind of honestly feeling guilty about all the plastic bottles or tin cans we go through. Okay. I can get behind that. Right. That's sure. kind of why we're talking nice. about doing that. And it's just, again, lemon, lime, or the different flavors they give. These are not sugary, syrupy things. These mm. are just some flavoring, natural flavors, and there's no calories to them, really. Okay, cool. So that's kind of the idea, and just a little less impact on the environment in this case. Give the environment a chance to recover, which happens to be our next topic, Matt, recovery. We got to rate ourselves there. And I love that this is the third. It's even above training because recovery, it gets looked over and I feel bad for it because Bobby McGee in our last feature episode, he talked about it's not the notes that make the music. It's the space in between. And that's like your recovery. Your training is the notes. Your recovery is the space and time in between. And it's just as, if not more, important. You can't say it any better than that. Yeah, perfect. So check your recovery. Make sure it's a priority. Next one is protocol. Matt, for the people who may not be familiar with your training style, what is protocol? Okay, so protocol in this case, Jake, is more about physical or at least what we're going to talk about. So say you're going out for a run. There are certain movements that you probably want to do before you run so that your tissues don't get stuck or you reduce the risk of getting injured. And of course you perform better. So let's say that your calf is really tight. There's something that we call reciprocal inhibition where you want to 
flex your toe towards your shin. So that's called dorsiflexion, okay? And in turn, the opposite side of that gonna be your heel cord, your calf, that'll start to release and stretch out. So let's just say that our protocol is about that reciprocal inhibition, and that should take maybe a total of 10 minutes, and that's from start to finish. And generally, it's going to address things all the way up your chain, your ankle, for example, like I just talked about, maybe some things through your hip, maybe your thoracic spine, and then you go out for your run. But protocol should be about 10 minutes a day. If it takes longer than that, odds are you should actually choose maybe less movements to do. So you're more likely to be consistent with it. So in general, like three to five movements, if possible, be specific with it. And that's where hiring maybe a physical therapist or a trainer, somebody who knows what they're doing to help you with that can help. In my own training, I think of it, it's separate from the warm-up, but it's almost the same thing. It's like I do it in the gym when I get there, and I do it first. I'll do my, my rollouts, my stretches, and then a couple of activation moves, and then I'll start my warm-up, and then I'll start my, my actual training session. So, What you're bringing up, it's important to know this stuff but warm up to me is just trying to get your core temperature up yeah. about one degree. Yeah. So you're just breaking a sweat. And I don't really care what my athletes do to warm up as long as it's safe and effective. Right. So the protocol is like more specific to you. It's not just go hop on the Stairmaster for a second and then be done. It's more specific and it's definitely designed to be corrective so that you can perform in other places better, which brings me to training. Matt, we want to perform in our training. How did we do? One to ten. So Jake, with training, we talked a lot already about the grind. People look on YouTube and they, they get this, uh, this influence that everything should just be absolutely gut-wrenching. They're throwing up after they're deadlifting. Man, that was a good workout, right? Well, we like to train instead, and that's even the difference the way we say that. Workouts are just what I just described, just, just pushing it without really a plan involved. Training, there's a prescription to this, and there's a reason for everything that you're doing. So when you give yourself a rating on this one, sometimes I even give my athletes a little bit of leeway. So I say, hey, your training today was really easy. Like I had you go out for an easy run or another day where their decompression or their recovery is all about doing their protocol like we just discussed. So that's not hard. So how do they rate that? Yeah, that was my question. Is it is the one to 10 based off of intensity or like your intent? So think about how effective are we being with all of this? How effective is it? So, oh, I felt like my recovery was really effective because my calves were cramping up. I did everything in the protocol that we just described. Then I got into some jump rope or some pogos and I felt really loose. Then I went into my run and I was able to run nice and smooth strides without my calves cramping up at all. I felt like that was super effective, even though the entire session took me 20 minutes and it was just meant as a recovery every day, nothing super stressful. That is, to me, going to be a good nine 
right? Maybe even give yourself a 10 if you really felt like it was super effective. If the goal was accomplished, then yeah, then give yourself a good score on that one. And you want to focus on your goals. And so the next topic, focus, Matt. And that is one that I struggle with because my mind goes all over the place throughout a day. It depends on maybe I've got a little lag in my workflow and I've got a couple minutes and all of a sudden I'm on Facebook and my focus just goes out the window. Focus now. Everybody has different goals, but it's super easy for me to get switched up or turned around because I see Jake walk in and he's got his, you know, his sexy tank top on and I just want the guns that Jake has. And I start to do biceps curls that day because I want my pythons to look like Jake's. It's tough, man. I understand. I have this effect on people. I can't help it. And what I really needed was I needed better glute recruitment for my running. So instead of doing that, I tried to fill out my t-shirt, different person, different goal. And that's not really going to serve me. I've switched my focus up. So very important that we keep our focus forward. And also, let's just say that I am focused on my particular goal. Let's just call it glute recruitment in this particular case. Now I can think about the actual movement that I'm doing. So let's just say glute bridges, obvious one there. But am I flexing, squeezing, recruiting as much as I can through my glutes and trying to get really good hip extension, for example, in that particular movement? Or am I just going through the movement? Yeah. Are you just getting it done to get it done to say you did it, even though you're not really focusing on all the things that you could be? This is a different podcast all together, but just throw the reps out and really focus on how you're doing the rep. Which leads us to our next topic of visualization. That's one that I focus on a lot, you know, no pun intended about focus, but visualization is really important to me. And so I'm going to start doing this tracker, Matt. I'm going to start giving myself a rating on visualization because I think it's hugely important. We have to realistically be consistent, working towards a goal, doing these things for months or sometimes even years to get to that bigger goal. But along the way, it's important that we are visualizing. And as long as we are doing the work, I think that it works. So Billy Mills comes to mind. He was a 10,000 meter runner, kind of my one of my heroes growing up as a kid. But he took almost a minute off of his PR in the 10K at the Olympics. He wasn't even supposed to be in the top 20. He ran in what's called borrowed shoes. Wasn't even our top runner on the US team. And we weren't a dominant force. This was just an absolute shock to the world that he set a new Olympic record, won a gold medal, and had about a minute PR, which at that level is just ridiculous. He told me afterwards, I was really blessed to be able to talk to Billy one day, and he told me that he had dreamt about that moment. He had visualized it. He had played a movie in his mind to the point where he really believed all he had to do was step on the line and live out his dream. That's what he really believed to the point where I don't think his mind knew the difference anymore and didn't separate fantasy from reality. And Billy, more importantly, believed that. 
that now it was just time for him to actually do it in real life, but it was just a matter of going through it now. Yeah, and that's the power of that belief when you start from the very beginning and you continue it as you progress toward that goal. Soon the two just merge and your dream does become your reality. Something else that's helpful with accomplishing those dreams, Matt, is our next one. It's habits. This one is hugely important. So obviously that's why it's on this list. You got to keep track of these. Yeah, so habits is a big one. In fact, I think that when you're talking about goals, it really comes down to what type of habits do you have. That's going to be maybe your biggest asset in accomplishing a goal. What type of habits do you have? Or it can be your worst enemy. Yeah, and that's why this tracker is so important. You got to be honest. If you've got more bad habits than good, you're going to be five or lower. Okay, so say that you're at a five right now when it comes to your habits. You know that some of your habits are good and then some of your habits are holding you back and you feel like you're kind of right in the middle. Perfect. So that's great. Just pick one thing that you're going to change for this month, maybe this week even, just depending on what the habit is, and just do your best to improve that focus. But it does take time to really establish better habits and to change habits. So I wouldn't try to get too many new habits going at the same time. And I'd really try to focus on being used to accomplishing that one new helpful habit before you pile on more helpful habits. So you don't slip on one while you're trying to accomplish another sort of thing. So just don't put too much on your plate and keep it to one, two, maybe three things. Just it kind of depends on how complex of a topic you're talking about when it comes to these habits. Yeah, three little things may be talkable. Three big things, I wouldn't recommend it. And that's because when the hard times come, which they inevitably will, you've got to be mentally flexible and you can't have this rigid plan, which is the next topic, Matt, mental flexibility. Why is that on the list? I think mental flexibility is the biggest factor as a coach that I deal with with athletes. But I know that everyone out there listening can benefit by improving their mental flexibility. So what is it? When I have a goal, when I have a habit, all these things we've been talking about, I may make a decision right here, right now to change something, or I might react to something. The idea is let's be as proactive as we can be, control what you can control, but life gets in the way and things happen. What am I going to do in that moment? How mentally flexible can I be so I can continue to move forward, even fail forward, but without letting things derail me? So Jake, for example, if I have an athlete that's in a race and the pace goes out much faster than they thought it was going to be, they have a decision to make. Am I going to stay with this pack that's running a lot faster than I thought they were going to run? Am I going to hang back and try to catch them later? What do I do right now? Well, that answer is not always going to be the same for everybody. So if you have, for example, hills in this particular course, and you know that you're good at hills, and those hills are halfway through the course, you might hang back and then just pull everybody in when you know you're going to have a chance when they slow down. But 
maybe you're on a course that's mainly even losing elevation as you go and it's a really fast course so they're going out fast they're going to finish even faster and hills are more of your forte so you're going to go out with the pack and stay with that momentum use that front pack as kind of a magnet and help pull you along and make the adjustments as necessary that's just an example of mental flexibility when you're out there competing but what i tell my athletes is it comes down to just daily life and rituals because the more you're used to having good mental flexibility making good decisions on the fly the better off you are in competition as well Absolutely, man. And I've got an example more from my social life. It was, uh, I had a meeting with someone the other day, kind of like a pseudo professional interview, basically just having coffee. And I, I had planned the whole rest of my day around it, but I had other things to do after the coffee though, I got invited to go to dinner. And so I ended up hanging out with this person for about almost six hours, I think. And obviously I wanted that opportunity. It was a good thing to do, but it threw the rest of my plans, like my dinner plans, my training plans and recovery plans threw them totally out the window, which I was willing to do because I had the flexibility. Like, okay, I acknowledge that I won't be able to get to these things tonight. I can still do them what I need to get done at these times, maybe it's tomorrow or maybe it's the next day, they will continue to be done. But because I had this opportunity arise, I'm going to change what I thought was going to happen today. Which we can talk about the next topic, man, because I was excited about that. Excitement is on this list, Matt. And it is the last one, but I would put that up a little bit like maybe right behind visualization. Excitement. It has to be a part of your life. If you have something you want to achieve, you're really fighting yourself if you're not excited about the process to get there. I chose excitement as being sort of the bookend, the other end of your checklist, because another way to say this is anxiety. Mm. So when my clients are feeling anxious, a lot of times we realize they're actually just excited. They are nervous, but they're nervous for a reason. So as long as they see that being excited instead of being anxious, we tend to have a better result. So instead of saying, hey, what's your anxiety level like? And of course, you would rate that lower. Right, because it's so negative. You see the psychology mm -hmm. of it. And this is something I actually went through with my athletes in the gym. We used to do it differently where we'd rate anxiety, but it'd be the one score that we did in the opposite way. And it didn't really make sense, plus it didn't add up so well. So we changed that to excitement. But really what we're talking about here is all of these other factors that boxes you're checking off. The more that you are checking these boxes off consistently and the better you're getting in your overall rating, the more excited I think you should be about the progress that you're making, that you are moving towards. These things are what keeps us accountable and keeps us driven and keeps us going. So we want that excitement to be high, but we also need to sort of keep ourselves accountable and earn it. This is a good way to do that. And if you finish up with your rating system, it kind of tells you too, well, all these things are getting a little bit better. And even though I might feel a little stressed, I'm actually kind of excited that I'm continuing with this. Or it can be the opposite where you're anxiety level is a little bit higher and you're thinking, 
geez, you know, I'm not as excited as I should be. But if I start to improve my planning, if I start to plan out my nutrition on a Sunday and cook what I need and then put all of this together in the fridge so that I can grab and go during the week, I know I'll get my nutrition better. That is going to, in turn, get me a little bit more excited about my weight loss goal, for example. So these things all coincide together. Each one of these is essential in its own way, but then putting them into this 10-part list I think will be very helpful. And you listening, I hope that you will let us know how this goes for you and if there's something else that you would add. So Matt, when we total all this up, we're not looking for 100%. Like we said at the beginning, we're looking for somewhere between you know 70, maybe 80, maybe getting closer to 90 out of 100. But 100 out of 100 a you're probably lying you're probably not as good as you think you are and b it leaves you with nothing to improve 100 percent is probably never going to be the goal that's not achievable for most and what you mentioned is how you're probably lying to yourself i mean sometimes people i think don't even know exactly how to rate themselves so i think an important thing is as you go along you'll probably find that your score goes a little bit lower because with more experience, you start to have something to relate your rating to or your ranking to. So for example, with your training, you might call it a eight and a half today. And then in two months from now, you'll call the same exact effort maybe a seven and a half because you've had the experience now to know well that's really more likely three quarters effort for me yeah and now that you know that good for you now you can be more realistic and you'll have a better time achieving your goals once you have that realism right so you know just it's all about moving forward and just having something to keep you accountable but nothing that's absolute right? So 100%, no, we're not trying to go for that. But if you do find you're at a bit higher of a score, that's fine too. It's just, does it work for you? And if your score is a bit lower, great, because now you know that you have plenty of room to improve. And just remember, we're trying to get incrementally better. So I'll close with this example. I did this rating system with my athletes last week in the entire group we averaged our rating at about a 75% for the group. Nice. Yeah. And so I told everybody, I said, that's great. So now we're just going to make some small improvements and we're shooting for about 85%. We only have 10% to go. Not, yeah. Not too, not too bad. Yeah, no, that's great. And that, that 10% is a lot different from going from 85% to 95%. Absolutely. It's such a good point. And trying to get to 95%, guys, I'll tell you in general, that should be reserved for people trying to get to the very uh, most elite level, really. And if that's fitness or if that's competition of some sort, and that can be in business as well, I mean, that's fine. But just realizing that that's a shorter period of time and that you're almost going to peak out somewhere around there. So you have to have a planned progression and regression for that 95% or so, not expecting to stay there year round. And if you ever do, by the way, hit that 100%, I mean, I think in my entire life, I might have 
two races that I thought were perfect. And I would say were hundred percent of my effort, of my potential, all those kind of things. And even that probably isn't true, but at least that's how I felt about it at the time. But I didn't go into it thinking this has to be a hundred percent today. That quote unquote perfect day came when I least expected it. Sometimes it just was there and it was nice to have that day, but I wasn't striving for perfection. So Jake, with these 10 things, let's just say that you are at 75% and we know that getting to 85% is a good overall general goal. It's easy now to be able to look and see, well, what's my lowest score? That probably should be the thing that I prioritize the most. So just as we said at the beginning, there's not a specific hierarchy here, but there's probably going to be more of a specific hierarchy for you as an individual as you keep rating yourself and you can see, uh, geez, you know, it really comes down to my habits, for example, and that's what I feel like needs the most attention right now. So I'm going to really specifically work on that. And that's where my next 10% is going to come from. So like anything else, try to focus on maybe one of these things. Once you kind of can consistently see what might be holding you back, recognize what you're doing. Well, at least three of these things, you're probably kicking butt in, if not more, but there's probably that one that takes precedence. And that's what this rating system is for. So you can see what that one thing is. It's pretty clear and you can improve that. And I bet you'd be amazed at how good you feel and how much you're accomplishing once you realize what needs the attention. And it's really helpful to have it written out right in front of you. So you listen and get your pens ready because one more time, I'm going to wrap up these 10 categories for you. Planning, nutrition, recovery, protocol, training, focus, visualization. That's mine that I need to work on. Habits, mental flexibility, and excitement. Rate each one of those 1 to 10. Add up your total score and watch yourself improve on your road to those goals and let us know how it goes. Email us, pendolaproject at gmail.com and find us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, man. And remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to check those boxes off. Thanks for listening.